Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I am your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Michael Pencavage. Now, Michael is an award-winning short story author, quite a prolific one at that, uh, who has also delved into the novel arena. So we're going to talk to him about both. But before we get to that, I do want to remind you that Wrong Place or Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a publisher of dark crime fiction, most of it kind of at the grittier end of the spectrum. If that's the kind of thing you like, you can find out more at their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. All right, without uh, dragging our feet at all, let's uh, dive into the conversation I had with Michael Pengavage. Well, hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Frank. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, glad to have you. You know, um, I was looking through your your bio and everything in, in preparation for the show, and one of the things that jumped out at me right away and it's not an uncommon event on this show, actually, uh, is that uh, we uh, share the great honor of having uh, been in the pages of Thug Lit. Uh, yes. Yep. I was, that was a, it was a great opportunity. I was in the – it was a number of years ago. It was, I think, 2008. I had a story, The Cost of Doing Business, that appeared. It actually won uh, the Derringer Award. For best yes. Mystery yeah, my most coveted award, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, Todd Robinson is uh, obviously, for those who don't know, he, he's the, the guy that started Thug Lit. And this was back in the mid-2000s. And he sure did give uh, a great stage to a, a lot of authors. And, and honestly, this show probably could, if I were to draw lines, you know, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon style, uh, that included you know, Todd Robinson, almost every guest who's been on the show would probably be, probably be only one or two, uh, uh, separations away. Um, so congratulations on the Derringer. That is a cool award. What I like about that award is it is, uh, uh, it's blind judging initially. And so to become right. a finalist, it's, you know, it's blind judging, right? Um, yeah. but you've written a lot of fiction. I mean, uh, over a hundred different magazines you've had fiction in, um, has all of this been crime fiction or have you delved into sci-fi horror and other genres as well? I've kind of hit a lot. I've, primarily it's been crime and mystery fiction. I've been fortunate enough to get into most of the recognizable periodicals that come out. Um, but I've also been in a lot of science fiction, fantasy, horror. So I've kind of, of short stories. I've been through throughout all the genres. Well, I, I grew up on sci-fi and fantasy. I really only turned to uh, crime fiction, you know, once I had been on the job for a while and, and started writing fiction again. That was what came out. Um, so I have, you know, I mean, who are some of your, your favorite sci-fi and fantasy authors that really influenced you? Probably on the science fiction side was Robert Sheckley. Um, he passed away maybe about 10, 15 years ago. And he had written, he was a master of the short story. He wrote volumes of short stories during the 1950s, 60s, 70s. I pretty much read everything by him. He wrote, he wrote maybe a handful of novels as well. On the fantasy side, um, a Welsh author, Michael Scott Rowan, um, he was probably my favorite. And he unfortunately just passed away several years ago as well. He's a little more hard to find in print, but if you can, he, he's written some 
a, like a, a Lord of the Rings type trilogy, two trilogies. Um, he's written a number of fantasy novels, science fiction novels. Just a great writer. And again, it was missed when, when he, he passed away all too young. But um, highly recommended for anyone out there who wants a good fantasy read. Um, Michael Scott Rowan. Well, those are both new names to me, so I'll have to have to give them a look. Uh, but all of this eventually leads to crime fiction, um, and 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 you've written a bunch of it. Um, your story, The Converts, was actually made into a short movie. How did that happen? Yeah. So so what it what had happened was the story got published is as a backup feature in a comic book from IDW Publications. And a number of years ago, and a student filmmaker hunted me down. He was a uh, filmmaker out of Ohio State University. And he said he he loved the story. He wanted to film it as a short film, like a student film. And I was like, sure. So we we came up with with an agreement and a contract. And it took him um, probably about six months to film. And I didn't know what to expect. You know, student film, you know, you just... I was like, sure. He he was excited about it. He had done a screenplay. The hardest thing he had was actually was the, was the soundtrack for the movie because he was having trouble securing song rights. So he had actually score the whole movie himself. It was about twenty minutes long, and it was it was, it was kind of like a it was a zombie movie, but a, but a, a spin on it on a zombie movie. And I was really impressed with what he did. It was about twenty minutes long, and you know, probably a cast of about. 25 30 people and they really went all out and for for a student production i was shocked as to what it how would it turn and, and just proud of what they did how close did it stay to the source material very close yeah i was and they, they expanded it a little bit um they fleshed that in a few areas but if it was it was spot on i would say 99 percent the same oh wow that's unheard yeah. of um, yep. And and then you you had a story the landlord that was made into a, a different medium and that is uh, the stage it was turned into a play uh, what That's was right. the deal what was the deal with that yeah so what that was it was a um, crossroads movie theater in New Brunswick New Jersey had come across the story and they were doing a a collection of almost short plays and and so what this was one of the short plays that were featured there's maybe about half a dozen of them in total. And it's a, it's a one, it, it's a crime story. It deals with a, a person with a landlord who is difficult and what the tenant has to, how he has to deal with, or she has to deal with the landlord. And they, they, they performed it on play, on stage. It was probably about 15 minutes long. And again, I was really happy with how it turned out. Also stayed close to the source material. I was 99% the same. I've I've been very fortunate. (laughs) Yeah, quite the anomaly. Usually they get changed rather significantly. Um, All of this has led to your novel, uh, Persons Unknown, which is uh, from All Due Respect books. Um, So uh, first question, I guess, is uh, who did you work with at ADR? That's a a pretty good stable of editors there. Um, I dealt with Chris and Lance. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they kind of, they, were impeccable with the editing. It was a great process. They, you know, I try to, Frank, when I try to send this, any story out for publication, short story, novel, I try to make it as clean, you know, as, as any writer would, as clean and as polished as possible. And they came back with great feedback, great edits, um, great suggestions. And I think the story is all, the, all that much stronger as a result. 
Yeah, Chris Radigan, he's been on the show, um, one of the few editors I've had on to talk about editing. And uh, I've, I've actually had the uh, good fortune to be edited by him too. And so I can I can hardly agree mm-hmm. with you. He's a top top flight editor. I knew I was, I was in good hands where I was also in the All Due Respect anthology that came out last year for the short story. And even just with the short story, the, the feedback that they came back with, it was very meticulous. You can always tell when an, uh, an editor's a good editor when they're not afraid to tell you when something's wrong versus yep. something is being suggested versus something's just something to think about. And all three of them, you can tell, you know, all, all three of those instances, uh, all of them are there to try to make the story or the book better and that and, right. and not take away your voice or your style or, or what you're trying to do or say. Um, that's a talent. That's not something people can do. It's hard to right. put your stamp on a work without anybody noticing your stamp, you know, which is really what a good editor does. So. This book, Persons Unknown, you know, it opens uh, with this guy who's kind of got the world by the ass, you know, the, uh, this 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 protagonist of yours, and he's a little bit of a dog, as you find out, like on the first page. Uh, so set it up, set up how he everything is going great for him. How, how so? Right. So like the, the main character is Steve Harrison, and he is. You know, kind of like you're on top of the world type of guy, to your point. He works at an investment firm in Manhattan. He's got making good money. You know, he's, he's the good car, the good house, the pretty wife, the even prettier mistress. You know, he's got everything. You know, what what, what more could he want? And he's got the cocky attitude. And as a result, I, what I tried to do with the story was that the whole fish out of water, where if one moment someone has everything they need has everything under control and all of a sudden his phone rings and just from the result of that phone call everything changes and what and is that phone call so he gets a phone call from an individual saying that his wife has been kidnapped and unless he follows the instructions to a t you know he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna be seeing his wife again and 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 at first he, he's blowing it off and, and and as you know as the pages unravel the, the next few pages unravel you realize that he starts to get a sense of paranoia. Like he, like the, the caller seems to know what he's doing in his, in his office. Steve is doing in his office. And he starts to realize like, maybe this is, is, this is, wasn't just a prank call. This is real. And just in the course of minutes, everything just starts to unravel on the guy. And how I, and so then it just, it becomes then a mystery of who has his wife. Is his wife really even kidnapped? What's really behind this? And the, the gauntlet of things that he has to go through to find answers. And this is a guy who's used to having things break his way. I mean, he's he's doing well in business. He's he's married to a beautiful woman. He's got this girl on the side who seems totally okay with being a mistress. And so you're taking all of that away from him, that, that superiority that he's yes. certainly enjoying. Um, how does he react? And to your point, it, it, it's, he's got everything... He's got everything, and then you want to. I'm trying to do, a, trying to create a situation where he gets stripped down to the bone, you know, in, in an instant. Like everything is taken away, all of his power is taken away. The paranoia sets in, and he just feels like his his life is unraveling in minutes. But put it in a way where it felt that the reader could feel that this could happen to anybody. You know, it's it's sure it's him, but it could be me that gets the phone call one day, and all of a sudden, just those chain of events occur, and everything starts to fall to pieces. And I and hopefully it, 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 the the reader when they're reading it feels like they're being taken on that journey. Like as he's going through his trials and tribulations, it feels that the readers always feeling in the back of their mind saying, "Wow, this this could be me. I could be 
going through this as a result. Uh, certainly, I think anybody can identify with the idea that one phone call, one one event can change your life utterly. I always find it interesting, you know, these guys who have, you know, girlfriends on the side and then their wife finds out or is they're in danger of being found out. Um, and then suddenly their marriage is so important to them. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, exactly. Where, exactly. Where, where were you <laughs> 10 minutes ago though? You know, I mean, it wasn't quite so important when you take it for granted, but, um, so this is a, a first person narration. That's the point of view that you elected. Um, yes. and, and, and I suspect for a number of reasons, I mean, obviously it's nice in the first person that you as the reader can only know what the protagonist knows. And, and, and this guy Correct. does, he doesn't know anything at first. He doesn't even know that it's a real kid. Kidnapping, and so that allows you to parse out the information as as you see fit. Um, was that always the way you were going to go? Was there no question it was going to be a first person narration for, for, for this novel? Yes, I've only written one other book, um, first person, and for this one, I wanted to write first person because I felt that for twofold really. It, it it makes the reader a little brings, in my opinion, brought brings the reader a little closer to the character as they're reading it, and also ratchets up the suspense because i'm trying that the clock's ticking throughout the entire book you know it's really it's in real time for the most part and by putting it in first person the reader doesn't get a break you know they're just barreling through the book along with the character where i felt if i wrote it in third person the tension starts to slow a little bit as a result so i wanted to keep it in first well i think that was a good choice and and it 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 really puts you in his mind right away. And I mean, I didn't like him. I thought he was cocky and he was being a dick. Right. But right. that's exactly what you wanted me to think. Exactly. Right? I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You want a character that you're reading the first few pages and you're like, wow, this, this character isn't likable. I, why do I want to keep reading about him? And then rapidly, you know, as the, the, the book continues, you start to relate to the character more and more. You know, as as you, as the mystery unpeels, the character st- character starts to unpeel a little bit. You know, the reader. My hope is that they then relate to the character even more as as the book continues. So that can really happen in one of two ways. It can happen because the reader can discover that the way that the that the person is makes a sort of sense that we didn't really understand before, or the the protagonist, the character can undergo a change. And so uh, which of these approaches would you say you've taken here in Persons Unknown? Yes. So for the, for the novel, I really hope that as the reader is, is going through the book that they see almost like the character like metamorphosizing where, you know, begin in the beginning, again, unlikable, but then by the end, you could really see, you see that the, the character has that transformation mm-hmm. and he, he kind of does a 180 in his, his views on, life and himself as a result. And this isn't, uh, you know, there are no yarns and kittens and grandmothers solving mysteries in this book. This is an all due respect book. There's some uh, edginess to it, but it, it, it sounds like at the same time you're, you're striving for something, maybe not feel good, but something that uh, has some redemption to it at the end of the day. That's correct. That's correct. You know, and he definitely goes through the ringer through the book. And I hope that you know, there's a lot of, you know, is when the reader's reading it, they feel like they're going through the ringer as well. And when, when we get to the end, however, however the, the end plays out, they, you, you really see the, the change. Now, we talked earlier, you know, a bunch of short stories, like over 100 magazines you've been in. How would you say, what's the biggest challenge between writing a short story and writing a novel? 
I think what personally um, with writing the the novel, it's I, it's tough to finally put the pen down and say yes, it's a hundred percent. With the short story, you know, I, I you you spend a few days, maybe a week with it, and you you look back and you know the short story three thousand, four thousand, five thousand words, and you're like, it's good, I love it because and then you start sending it out for consideration to markets. But with the novel, you know, you labor on it for me, six to 12 months. And it's very difficult for me to get to, okay, I'm good with it. I always feel that it can always be looked at one more time, edited one more time, maybe the nuances of the novel questioned one more time and to get it out there to the publisher or to the editor is always the hardest thing for me with when it comes to a novel. Yeah. I'm not recalling who said it at the moment, but uh, the saying goes that, you know, art is never finished, only abandoned. <laughs> right, right. You get to right. you get to experience it at the point of uh, the, that the artist abandoned it. Um, well, what's next? Uh, more short stories? Another novel? Some of both? Oh, I've I've written several other novels that are completed. I have four others that are ready for prime time. So I again, you go to my earlier point. One of the biggest challenges I have is getting them out there, get them to the publishers, getting them to an editor, or getting them to an agent. I have one currently that I'm working on. Um, it's a mystery. That takes place a um, girl who's in college. Her mother passes away. The father, so he's a single parent. The father goes away on a business trip and doesn't. She doesn't hear back from him. He's he's over it. He goes to England and just vanishes. And what she does is pretty much goes on the search for him to find out what happened to him. You know, so it's it's his it's her only parent. And he she travels to London and then which ultimately takes her to a country in Africa, Namibia. So she travels there and it becomes a mystery of what ha- is he, has he been abducted? Has he, has he abandoned her? But she wants answers. And, and, and I'm almost finished with that novel. I've had a lot of fun with it. I got to learn a lot about the country. It's, it's a very unique country in Africa and Namibia. And so that was a lot of fun. I really, I really enjoyed writing that book. Sounds like a plums an interesting concept to that whole idea of finding out who our parents really are, because I, yes. I don't, I don't know at what age it is that you actually get a handle on that if ever, but uh, <laughs> certainly it's not how we see our parents for a long, long time. All right, folks. Well, the uh, author is Michael Pencavage. The uh, latest book is Persons Unknown from All Due Respect Books. And uh, Michael, I want to tell you, uh, thanks for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me, Frank. I appreciate it. All right, there you go, folks. Uh, Award-winning short story author and novelist, Michael Pencavage. Hope you enjoyed that interview. I know I did. Uh, Next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime, we're going to depart a little bit from the norm. Uh, I interview Will Zeilinger and Janet Lynn. So they're a married couple, both of whom have solo work, but they also collaborate on a series. So that'll be next week on Wrong Place, Right Crime. And if things work out, I may have a special guest co-host for that episode. We'll see how things go. Zafiro update for you. Nothing new. Just a reminder that Dirty Little Town, book seven of the River City series, is now available. And in about a week and a half, it will stop being available anywhere but Amazon. So if you like to do your reading uh, digitally, on other platforms, uh, please grab it up while it's still available. 
I want to say thanks to Michael for coming on the show, Down Out Books, for being a great host, and you, the listener, for being here through almost 140 episodes now. Uh, I hope you enjoy these authors. If you find their work interesting, give it a try. Check them out at the library. Buy their books online. Uh, you know, do the liking and the reviewing. Anything you can to help out authors is greatly appreciated by all of us. I know I'm glad you're here. Uh, as 2021 comes to a close, just one more episode for this calendar year. Quite a while yet to go on season five. However, we're here through June. Uh, next episode, Will Zeilinger and Janet Lynn. In the meantime, this is Frank Zafiro asking you to have a great holiday season. And remember, sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.